We're going to be talking about homeowner associations and solar, the new law in Missouri, with David Townsend on this week's Renew Guru. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Guru, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director of Renew Missouri, James Owen, coming to you live on tape from my undisclosed location here in West Columbia. Also joining me from his undisclosed location, you might be at the Palatial Renew Missouri Studios. Philip, where are you today? <laughs> I was, but I am currently a uh in a, a secret location that I can't disclose. Okay. You don't have to tell me that you were at the office today, Philip, if you really weren't. That's okay. I'm on par- I'm on parental leave. What am I going to do? <laughs> Philip Forsica, producing, running the boards for our podcast. Hi, Philip. How's it going? Good. You've already talked too much on this podcast. So we're going to get to our guest. Um, this man. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, Philip. We always like to pick on you, don't we? <laughs> Uh, this man, David Townsend, uh, who is the, uh, help me with your title. Are you the CEO of Agents Title Insurance? Yes, yeah, President and CEO of Agents National Title Insurance Company. Which is, yes, which is a which is a title insurance underwriter, which means you go buy a house and you go to do a closing at a title company and the title insurance that you often get that is something that your company provides to those title uh, companies, right? Correct. Yeah, we are licensed in 46 states, Puerto Rico and D.C. Wow. What yeah. states are you missing? <laughs> uh, we're waiting on New York, New Jersey, Louisiana and Massachusetts. Well, they must be conquered, right? Uh... Exactly. Exactly. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. And you are doing that right here in Columbia. Yes. work. I founded the uh, company here in 2005. We were licensed in Missouri in 06 and have grown from there. Yeah. And you are a lawyer by uh, education and by experience. You went to the University of Missouri Law School. Yep. Uh, I think if I'm going to do it right, you went there from 97 to 2000. Is that right? That is correct. And before that, you were at Jury College. Yep. In Springfield, Missouri, which is where you and I met. Uh Uh-huh. And somehow with all of that, I ended up meeting your wife's sister. And then she and I ended up getting married. (laughs) Exactly. So we are family. We are we are brother brother in laws, which um, who knew that was going to happen back in '96? But um, it sounds like a good ABC sitcom from 1982. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it would be. Um, hopefully, not like Gordy's Home from the movie Nope. Am I right, Philip? <laughs> yeah, He's that not paying attention. It's okay. <laughs> that, that wouldn't be a happy sitcom. Okay, David, you are here because I wanted to have someone on talking about real estate law, because one of the things that uh, some of our Renew Gurus audience members know is we have a new law mm-hmm. here in Missouri. It was it went into effect on August 28th. Uh, Dave, do you know why laws in Missouri go into effect on August 28th? This is a fun trivia bit. Uh, yeah, it has to do with the, um, it's the end of the session. It's a certain amount of days. And since the governor doesn't I used to know this verbatim because it is a good it, trivia piece, but it, it, me it is when the Missouri Constitution was ratified. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, is that it? That's the yeah. date? Okay. Now, I think what you're thinking about, Dave, is oh. that the governor has a certain amount of time to sign those bills. Yeah, you're right. Okay. From the end yeah, of session. I completed that. Yeah. Which, um, so this went into effect on August 28th. It was signed by Governor Parson 
late June, I want to say June 28th, um, and it was passed by the Missouri legislature. It is a law that involves um, homeowner associations and their ability to restrict their uh, residents from putting solar on their rooftop. Now, Dave, let's let's talk a little bit, because I know we talk about HOA stuff and solar on here, but I don't know a lot about HOA is not not much more than any other former litigator turned burnout lawyer like myself. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, so like kind of explain the concept of an HOA. Well, I think That's you have to go. To do. Yeah, I think you have to go further back before you get to an HOA and start out with the CCRs of subdivisions. So what's a CCR? Uh, it's like conditions, you know, uh, clauses, restrictions on on land. So, OK. They have a very sordid past throughout Missouri and other states. And uh, because before you had a developer that would build a subdivision and they would have restrictions on the land that would keep out certain ethnic groups, minorities, uh, single women, um, mm. keeping them from buying homes in that neighborhood. And cannot believe that would happen in this country. I'm shocked, right? Exactly. <laughs> so. So a lot of those were very exclusionary in nature yeah. when they first yep. came out. So it would, so when you go back then, and, and there weren't the common homeowners associations for common ground upkeep, things like that. It was simply, right. we want a, a neighborhood to have the look and feel of our neighborhood and not have them in our neighborhood, whoever them might be. They... Whether it, <laughs> it could be Germans. It could nah. be... Asian Americans, it could be Jewish, it could be African Americans, anybody. I mean, you had an Italian neighborhood, they didn't want Irish in. They'd have a, you know, it fun fact. I'm I'm reading a book about Richard Nixon right now. And like where he lived, they had a very strict rule about even certain types of Protestants because he was like a kind of in a Quaker community in California. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, religious yeah. exemptions, um, all of that. So mm -hmm. you have and and you know, since then, all of those discriminatory uh uh, you know, restrictions have been outlawed uh, by statute. So right. that's that's a, that's a good thing. But yes, what did survive was a lot of socioeconomic restrictions and and other ways to keep people out that what weren't based on um, that weren't based on race, religion, ethnicity. And so you had subdivisions that said houses must be of certain minimum square feet. We have an architectural uh -huh. review. Um, you have to have, you know, lot sizes can only be this size. Therefore right. keeping the, you know, it, you wouldn't be, it, it's kind of like it, its own planning and zoning for a neighborhood, uh, before yeah. you had planned unit developments, um, other planned communities, things like that. This was a way to keep, uh, you know, no, um, uh, you know, no clotheslines in the backyard. Well, right. if, if you don't have a clothesline, you have to be able to afford a dryer or have them inside. So, Poor people that couldn't afford dryers weren't going to live in that neighborhood. Yeah. So there, there are a lot of ways that these tried to keep up the neighborhood to certain standards. And yeah, eventually, as these grew, um, neighborhoods got nicer and nicer, especially when you had, uh, you know, started building in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And you had uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a developer would build a neighborhood and it might be a planning development. It could be a subdivision. But all of a sudden, common ground came into it because now this developer has all this, you know, instead of just flat farmland that you're building on, there's creeks, there's other, uh, yeah. you know, 
topography of the land that it's, it's unusable. So what do you do? Let's call it common ground. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, common grounds need upkeep. And therefore, you have to have an association to keep up the sign in the front of the neighborhood. Uh, if there's a park, I mean, we live in a, a subdivision and our common ground consists of an island in the front of our house uh, in the cul-de-sac. And there's another one on the other end. And really, our upkeep is, in our neighborhood is simply the sign at the front and um, and, and a couple little areas like that and some mowing um, around there. But and you pay so to be that. You have fees, we, right? we pay a very low fee. It's a few hundred dollars a year right. for that. But then you have some that are like very involved where you might have a neighborhood pool. Uh, you yeah. have all these other things, all these amenities that you then pay a little higher price for to have that in the community. And then the HOA, though, is also then charged with maintaining the restrictions and conditions in the um, in the subdivision. Right. Uh, it, it, normally, it could be the neighborhood busybody that walks around and checks people's grass with a ruler or yeah. uh, or James, when you're out walking, Rosie, I know you're you're eyeballing uh, whose uh, shut- shutters are not painted the white color. I'm kidding. Uh, I, I, I kind of am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's you know, you you everyone has a you know, they have a neighbor association board that then works with the, uh, you know, who, the management company usually that does it. And they, they make sure you can't have trampolines in your backyard. That's a very common. Right. One. Um, no fences. Like our neighborhood, you only exterior lots can have fences and they have to be approved by the HOA oh. before you build them. So right. because they want to keep it, you know, the, 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 the look and feel of the neighborhood has to have that. And then, you know, to delve that into solar, you know, if we had to get our roof replaced, we have to meet certain architectural requirements on the type of shingles and things like that. Right. And so, um, you know, some neighborhoods did, they wouldn't allow you to have solar in them. Right. And that's hence why. Hence. You yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, so from a practical standpoint, when we're talking about like, I'm like, say I'm going to buy a house. Mm-hmm. It is in one of these subdivisions that has covenants to them, restrictions yep. to them. Those yep. restrictions and covenants, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, they are recorded. Yep. At the they are record, they're recorded in the uh, the real estate records at the recorder deeds. Yep. Um, they're usually recorded in association with the plat. Um, yeah. If it's a neighborhood that wasn't that was not platted, uh, if a group of homeowners form an association after the houses have already been built, it'll yeah. get recorded later. But usually they're recorded around the same time as the neighborhood has developed. Yeah. But the thing is, so when you buy one of these houses, not only are you buying the house, but you have to sign something agreeing to these restrictions and covenants. Is that correct? Well, you don't really buy it. You don't really sign anything. It's the fact that they are superior to your deed. So you take title to the property I see. subject to those. So that's why they're that's why those are all um recorded prior to any lots being deeded out from the uh the builder usually or the developer. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah so they have priority and title to any future person's interest. And that's why title and search title searches are critical when you buy a home because you might want to buy a house and put a pool in the backyard. But if your neighborhood doesn't allow for pools, yeah. you're out of luck at that point. And you won't right. know it unless you search the records and find those restrictions and read them. Or have someone professional do that for you. Exactly. Exactly. 
Right. So, yeah. So you buy this house and the assumption is because these run with the land, as we like to say in mm-hmm. legal parlance, and yep. they have a superior uh, position over your title. You buy this and you are hooked in to what those rules and restrictions say. Exactly. It, and not they're not very easy to change either. Um, most right. of them require a supermajority of lot owners. Some of them require all of the lot owners to sign off. So uh, <laughs> it, it depends on how they're written. But yeah. normally, a su- mo- most of the time, it's a supermajority. Yeah. Now, th- and this is going to come up. I mean, this is kind of kind of a later, but I guess one question I had for you, because I know you have a little bit of experience and background with zoning and planning and that sort of thing. Um, if you were to like do this, I mean, you're like, let's say your subdivision is in, is it an unincorporated Boone County or is it in Columbia? Where, where I live? Yeah, where you live. Um, I can see the county from uh, my house. We are one lot away from the county, but we are in the city. You're in the city. So, when, yeah. okay, so this is something that comes up some. If you are... If you're in a you're in an area that's zoned, whether mm-hmm. it's a city or a county, and in Boone County, you, you both have the city of Columbia has zoning and the, the yep. county has zoning. Well, I know the county has zoning. Yep. <laughs> um, throwback to a previous Renew Gurus, folks. Um, I believe that was on wind energy, wasn't it? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one on solar uh, development yeah. coming up soon. Uh, sneak peek. So um, your covenants and restrictions do they have to be approved by that zoning authority as well um most no i mean a, a lot of the restrictions no? don't don't have to be unless um i mean the overall plat of the neighborhood has to be approved by planning and zoning yeah um but a lot of the restrictions don't have to be as far they as they don't I have know. to be and they don't yeah. do, but they but they usually do they say anything about conforming with municipal ordinances or county ordinances that anything oh yeah that if there's any conflict between you know that that the the ordinances control at that point yeah there's there's default provisions in there that that you know they they can't they can't be i guess they can be stricter but they can't be illegal yes okay no Okay. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, because there's there's actually case law on that that we might dive into in a second. I hope yeah. everyone's taking Well, I mean, they, they, election signs is a perfect example of that. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, for the longest time, you could, you know, there are a lot that wouldn't allow election signs in yards. And yeah. that's, that's a First Amendment, um, you know, I mean, that, it, it, that, that was litigated. That's changed too, I think, hasn't it? Uh, there's like a law in the books now, a state law. Yes, that says that you can put political signs up, right? Yes, but but it it took litigation to get there too. So yeah, as as sometimes it, it folks again, we will remind everyone our new gurus the i the uh, the the act of making laws and having policy evolve is very slow. <laughs> oh and yeah, very messy sometimes. <laughs> um, okay, so you have this you have this neighborhood. It, you know, often if there's zoning, they do have to approve that plat, but they don't approve like any of the restrictions or covenants that go along with it. Yeah, but, those are those are separate. That's a separate document usually. And, and it, that's just up to the to the neighborhood. OK, right. And as you were queuing up pretty well before I had to do another segue, sometimes <laughs> those uh, covenants and restrictions would say no solar. Well, I, uh, I know ours do. So do they? Yeah, I did homework on. Yeah, so uh, ours do do not allow solar. Did not. Did not. Yeah. Yes. Um, ooh. Well. Well. Okay. That's this is a good. This is a good case study. Okay. So, and I mean, really, one of the reasons. I mean, as far as I can tell, one of the reasons why that has. 
I mean, been pervasive is I, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, is that a lot of these covenants, maybe not your neighborhood because yours is a little newer, but if you look at a covenant that was written in the 1970s or 1980s, mm-hmm. solar was very different looking. Rooftop solar looked very different than it does now. It looked yes. bulky, monolithic. Uh-huh. Um, it, it didn't. I think a lot of people, their perception of what solar is still comes from that. Yeah. Is that safe to say, do you think? I mean, I know we're making a generalization here, but what do you think? Why do you think that those have been banned in in so many restrictions and covenants? Uh, Honestly, I I think that um, there was just a lot of of folks that didn't want, um, you know, they kind of want the houses to look look the same. And if you Mm -hmm. had... um, uh, they want uniformity in the neighborhood. Um, I think they felt that somebody with giant solar panels on their house could affect home prices in the neighborhood negatively, which right. I think that has flipped at this point. Mm-hmm. But basically anything that would hurt um, home values in the neighborhood was poo-pooed at that point. Yeah. And that's, and, and you know, that's, that's any, any additions to the house like that. Um you know, it's interesting. I was also chair of the board of adjustment here in Columbia for quite some time, right. uh, doing uh, variances, conditional use permits, etc. Um, and you know, just the ways the neighborhoods work in our in our little city here in Columbia, um, you have a lot of places that are that do have these uh, conditions and restrictions on the neighborhoods and HOAs. But then you've also got you know, old Southwest Columbia that is completely unplatted. There's no, I mean. The lot lines, they, they go everywhere and right. there's no subdivision plat. So you go, you get around Stewart Road area, there's in Quarry Heights, it's an absolute mess on a lot of that. So, uh, and there's no Going local for a lot of folks here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, but when I talk about that, I mean, it's, it's old Columbia, it's the Columbia of the 1950s, it's the Columbia of the 1940s, 30s, right. Um, right. Central City, Columbia. Um, you don't have a lot of these. They predate them. So yeah. it's much easier to put solar on a house there than one of the newer, you know, yeah. because they wanted the neighborhoods to have a certain look and feel. You go to a lot of older neighborhoods in Kansas City, St. Louis, Springfield, uh, the houses, they look similar, but not. I mean, there's a lot of different architectural styles all over yeah. the place. Well, the McMansions of the 80s, 70s and 80s, they wanted uh, hegemony. They wanted the, the you know all the houses look very similar. You know, I hearken yeah. back to the show Weeds and the uh, Little Boxes show uh, oh, song yeah. <laughs> you know, in the opening of that where the California developments all look exactly alike. That, well, there's that always was- like a joke in like, I noticed this is a joke that you saw in a lot of 90s movies where someone would drive into a driveway and they were in the wrong house. Yeah, yeah. You know? it, exactly. It's like the Flintstones house. It's just, you know, lamp, chair, lamp, right. tape, lamp, chair, lamp, and everything looks the same when you drive down a neighborhood. Yeah, which I think sounds terrible to me, but some people yeah. want that. And, and, and you know, it, it gets, I mean, they get minute on this. Like I, in our neighborhood, you have to have a two trees in the front yard, minimum of four inches of diameter. I mean, th- that's how granular. Really? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> that's how granular these get because they want a look and feel to the neighborhood so that you don't have, um, uh, you don't have a, uh, you know, a neighborhood that's devoid of trees. Like this one, they, they, they're trying to promote tree growth right. um, where you have to have two trees in your front yard so that the houses have a certain look and to help property values. All of these are designed to keep property values pumped up. 
I see. Yeah. And, and at one point, solar was seen as 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 depressing values. Right. And I mean, let's let's be honest. This is also something very similar to what we saw back in the seventies and eighties with satellite dishes. Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. There used to be prohibitions on satellite dishes, and mm-hmm. eventually, and this was a federal issue. The Federal Communications Commission basically said you can't prohibit someone from having a satellite dish on their roof. Am I getting that right? Is that close to what they said? I'm not as familiar with that, but it wouldn't surprise me because okay. I know my my uh, aunt and uncle lived in the boot heel and they had one of those giant dish. I think they could call the space shuttle with theirs. I mean, it was <laughs> it was it was probably 10 feet in diameter yeah. out back behind their house. Right. And they were in a rural area. And that was that was their TV. Did they, and this is a complete aside, because our first satellite dish, when I lived out in the middle of nowhere, not in the boot heel, but in Southwest Missouri, we had one of those satellite dishes where you'd have to hit a remote and it would move the satellite dish to a certain position. Yep, so you, you had to get a certain channel. Literally, you moved satellites. Like, it, yeah, it's a ping in one versus the other. So. so when I wanted to watch R-rated movies on HBO at night, whenever my parents were asleep, I had to like do a, a like entire like NASA engineering feat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're wearing, a, you know, line of sight, uh, triangulation, all yeah. sorts of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was very hard to watch Tales from the Crypt back then for a kid in Elkland, Dave. Um, uh, but, but yeah, look at you today. Look at me today. It all worked out. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so there was, I mean, but I, I mean, my, re, we are, we have research and it's shown that there was like, there were efforts to ban uh, satellite dishes and, and, oh. and, and covenants. No that question. Got over that got over that got kind of overruled at a federal level. Yeah. So HOAs couldn't ban that, but that goes to your point that it was a matter of conformity, trying to make things look alike that one house wouldn't have like, I mean, back then, you didn't have rooftop solar. You had ground mounted, not solar, gra- uh, satellite. Yeah, yeah. It roof. wasn't the Dish Network or DirecTV, uh, you know, uh, smaller than a trash can lid satellite <laughs> right. dish. You know, it, they right. were massive, at minimum eight feet across. And they had to be ground mounted. And and yeah, they were, they were, they were eyesores unless you were a research institution. Yeah. But I mean, they were still allowed to do it, but that was an effort for HOAs to do that. And I think, you know, now for a while with with HOAs, you know, sometimes they wouldn't ban solar. Sometimes they just say like, oh, well, any change that's non-conforming needs to go to our architectural control committee. I think you mentioned that there's like those review committees in there. And then they would just blanket deny solar. Or they would say like, oh, get like a, you know, get a a signature from your neighbors nearby saying it's okay, even though that wasn't the covenants. And then maybe one neighbor would have some reason not to be okay with that. And then the HOA could say like, well, none of your neighbors agreed. So no solar for you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's kind of interesting. Some of those, you know, you you talk about getting neighbors involved. Um, There are. You know, before you had restrictive covenants that you couldn't sell to certain minorities and, and folks right. like that. There are some that have been found legal, though, that put restrictions on sales and rights of first refusal that involve, especially in like vacation areas. I know you have some of these in like Jefferson County, south of St. Louis on some lakes where the the adjoining lot owners have a right of first refusal to buy your home if you get a contract on it because well 
families like to have multiple houses together. Yeah. So, so let's say I own a piece of property. Let's say I have an, on a lake house on this lake and my next door neighbor is selling theirs. I might want to buy that for my kids to have a lake house next to ours uh-huh. to build like family compounds. And those are rights of first refusal um, that pop up and things like that. So, oh, I've never seen that before. Yeah, yeah. So they those those types of restrictions are also in um, in in some of the uh, the, the conditions and restrictions on um, on subdivisions. So oh. there, there's the way that they limit transfer of title and 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 rights in in real estate. Uh, they have to be legal. They can't be discriminatory, and that on its face is not discriminatory because right. it's not a you can't sell it. It's just my neighbor has the right to buy it at whatever you negotiate. And so I see. And so the, a, a buyer of that property would buy it subject to that right. And then the title company, you know, the seller has to basically get um, uh, something in writing from the, from the next door neighbor saying that I'm not going to exercise my right of first refusal on the property. Interesting. I, yeah. I didn't know that. So, so I mean, they, I mean, there's, there's so many of these that go in there and that's why yeah. solar you guys were very wise to do this at the state level because um, there's like color palettes. So they'd say you can't paint your house certain colors. Um, you can't have chain link fencing. You can't, I mean, there's, you know, big, big chain link is not doing this for, uh, for their constituents, but Renew Missouri is, but big solar. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that Dave, because I actually got into a debate uh, during a hearing last session with kind of a very i you know a pro solar republican on this committee yeah. who was challenging like why this should be considered differently than colors on houses and and for us for yeah. us the argument i made and the argument that i think was most persuasive on that is there is another statute i think it's 442110 i've had to quote that a lot that <laughs> says solar is a property right your ability to produce solar is a property right. Now, yes, of course, you can contract that away. Um, as you know, you can contract away a property right. But yeah. if you also have, uh, I mean, but to me, like that makes solar a more important thing that you can have on your house because there's another statute that protects it. Yep. What do you, so, I mean, I, that's what was my well, that, argument. That's the thing, because technically you're, I mean, your property rights go up as well. It's not just the ground, but right. And so now you, it does like certain neighborhoods, there are restrictions on views as well too. Mm -hmm. Like you can't obstruct a neighbor's view by putting something up. If there's like a lake or something like that. Right. Um, I couldn't build uh, an addition onto my house that reached up and over our neighbor's house, um, you know, directly over their home. Um, I would be encroaching over the lot line on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, technically I would, I do have the right to, uh, you know, have access to the sky on my, on, on my property. Yeah. Um, you know, but each house, like I, I had uh, solar come out and, uh, and give me, uh, you know, their thoughts on it, but I, my house doesn't face the right direction. So you don't have what we call a solar ready house. Um, I don't because the the pitch of the roof, uh, it, you know, where we'd have to put it on the front of the house. Yeah. And upper management would not like that. 
And when you say upper management, you're not talking about the HOA. <laughs> no, I'm talking about my wife. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Carrie. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I am. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, ultimately now what this law does that's in effect says that a, a HOA cannot ban solar, but they can have reasonable restrictions. And, and that was my next uh, discussion on this. How do you, how do you work with the, pardon me, how do you work with the HOAs so that those are reasonable? And when will the first court case come from this? Pretty soon, I bet. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, we also in the law, like this went into effect on August 28th, but it can't be enforced until January 1st of 2023 under the law. So this gives... Because of the text of the law, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. it, it would all, the idea behind that was when that was amended uh, was to give uh, HOAs a chance to change this. Now, um, we at Renew Missouri have written up what we think would be considered a good, um, uh, you know, covenant to adopt. We have been sharing that with people. We've been doing um, CLEs on that. In fact, we have two more CLEs on this uh, coming out um, in September that uh, where we go over this. And if you are a Missouri lawyer out there, you get an hour of credit for it. Um, and that's kind of something that's based. Basically, it it, it talks a lot about you know, as an example, Dave, uh, you talk about like the, the 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 street facing roof of your house, which is where you would have to have solar. Yep. Um, in our ordinance, in our covenant, you would say, well, you'd have to have um, something from the solar installer saying why this needs to be on a street facing part of the house in order right. for them. Yeah. To that, that, it, like that it's impossible to have anywhere else and be effective. Yeah, and, and basically we we say that it's got a you we we point to a standard that's in um uh, that's kind of generally considered an industry standard that says like to to be effective it can't reduce what this document says by ten percent. So like if you could say like well I could have this on one part of my roof, um, as opposed to this part of my roof, and it's only going to reduce the effectiveness by five percent, mm -hmm. then that's something they would have to do. I know that's a lot of technical stuff, but that does put some onus onto the solar installer to have to like prove that, which I think shows that they're trying to work with the HOA. Yep. Um, you know, we, you know, we, we could go through that whole document. I don't think that makes any sense. We have it on our website <laughs> um, and you can look at it there. Um, but ultimately we are hoping, hoping that by you know having podcasts like this and doing the CLEs is that we can get this in front of some real estate professionals and give them this option because I have seen um, you know a proposed ordinance that read very strangely to me uh, from someone you and I both know, Dave. I won't say who uh, in <laughs> Kansas City who said this is what our HOA has proposed. What do you think of this? And I'm like. I don't know why they've written this like this because it just sounds like they have words like we really prefer this. This is like what we want you to do. Oh, it was just, yeah, very spongy. So yeah. And yeah, I was like, it, it, it I don't very know. Little guidance. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, because I mean, ultimately, you know, I think that preserving the uh, integrity of the HOA is still important. We didn't do this because we wanted to be able to just have chaos reign at these things. We understand why HOAs exist, but we also believe that people are entitled to exercise their right to put solar on their roof. Certainly. Yeah. 
Um, so that's kind of what we have going on with that. That's the law now. It, it, I think that certainly what you've said, Dave, is pretty illuminating as to in regards to the history of these covenants and restrictions and where they came from. And I think hopefully that that's some stuff I didn't know what you talked about. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I'm a, I'm a dirt lawyer. I do land use and all this all the time. It's, uh, I mean, th- this is, this is what we deal with constantly is, you know, what can and can't be done on, on property for, for yeah. title insurance. And so when you see things like this, um, you know, this, uh, this helps us out because it, it clarifies things for our, you know, for, for uh, buyers of, of real estate that they know, okay, I can put solar in so you know, reasonably. So reasonably, exactly. You're not going to cover your house with it. Um, I think where the, you know, I, I think where they're going to have, um, I, I think where the court cases are going to come is that if the HOA has an architectural review committee um, and they yeah. deem that this is not in, uh, you know, what will Trump, yes, they do have a right to have solar, um, but depending on what that solar looks like, who what controls that law or the decision of the architectural review board for the HOA? So that's that's well, the I second. I think the law amendment. would, wouldn't it? Well, but but you can't outlaw solar, is what it says. You can't. Pro- yeah, you, you. But you. But it doesn't. It just. Uh, not only does it say you have. You can't prohibit it, but it does say you have to have reasonable. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it. And, and that's. And I think that's where the first case is going to come. Where. So right. One of these HOA uh, architectural review committees is going to be unreasonable, and there's going to have to be a reasonable standard set for what type of solar is allowed. Yeah. Um, you know, are they uh, and and how many panels uh, are mm-hmm. allowed? How much square footage of the roof can be used, uh, etc. So that's I think that's where the devil will be in the details with some of these folks and you're going to find that there's going to be some neighborhood that is so uppity and, and they have nothing better to do than to say no to things. That's where it's going to come from. Well, good thing there's a lot of lawyers that renew Missouri who will be happy to talk exactly. to whoever exactly. trying to do no, that in their neighborhood. <laughs> I, I appreciate you. Uh, you know, uh, this is an attorney jobs program that you've started here. With <laughs> Well, I had some solar installers say like, what does reasonable mean? I'm like, oh, uh, that, that is the unknowable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to the definition of pornography with the Supreme Court. You know it when you yeah, see it. You'll know it so, when you see it. And, um, you know, it is, is that too much solar? Is that not enough? Is it reasonable? Right. Is it not reasonable? Um, that's, that's where, that's why it's hard in the legislature because you're trying to nail jello to, to a wall when it comes to that. And they don't want to set a reasonable standard because if they set it, then they open themselves up for scrutiny. (laughs) (laughs) They they just kick that can can down the road. And that's always been, um, you know, we run that all the time. Um, What does access mean to a property? Mm. You know, uh, walking access, driving access, road access. Define access. Tank over it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. As long as you can access your property, um, you know, we ensure access. What exactly does that mean? I mean, we have claims where people say, well, I want access on this part of my property. Well, no, you have access to your property. And that's, right. and that's, and that's where they're gray. There's going to be gray. And, um, 
<sighs> and I, you know, I we're uh, we're not at the end, uh, but we're we're not at the beginning. We're at the beginning of the we're the end of the beginning and the beginning of the end on defining what solar you can have. To quote Churchill. <laughs> quote who? Churchill. <laughs> oh, Churchill. See, I actually thought you were quoting a Smashing Pumpkin song. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm sure that's where they got it from, or maybe that's where Churchill got it. Um, well, yes, we 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 have we yeah we we know that this is going to probably be another headache for a lot of people, but um, I mean, ultimately, um, at least the law is in place. That is a place to start. Certainly, uh, the legislature has put laws in place that do lead to lawsuits from time to time. Oh, yeah. We see it. And uh, we'll just have to roll with it, right? Exactly. But I think it's a great start to have some clarity on what homeowners can and can't do with their property. Because, right. you know, that that's always been, um, you know, questions. And, and solar right now, especially with energy prices the way we are, uh, you know, it's critical to do that. And, um, I mean, I, I looked at it. I uh, I have an electric vehicle and I was hoping that I could have, uh, you know, that be solar powered and just get off the grid completely. Um, but you know, not having enough of the, uh, you know, just not a good space right there for right. it. So now eventually if we, uh, you know, change where some trees are around our house or do an addition might be able to increase that roof, uh, size and we'll see, but, um, uh, but no, I you know I, I I like renewable energy and I think it's a good step forward to uh, helping the average person uh, capitalize on this. Now, if we can just get uh, you know our co-op to uh, you know get more into solar, that'd be great. Philip, do we have any thoughts on how we can get co-ops to be more renewable friendly? <laughs> we do. We have many, um, and we're actively working on it. Stay tuned for that too. <laughs> All right. Dave, See, I'm just trying. Uh, I'm just, trying to up, I'm just trying to tee up future content for you there. Oh, well, we, we appreciate that. <laughs> we we appreciate that. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have anything that you want to promote to like our five listeners? I mean, do you have anything that you're wanting to get out there? I know you used to have a podcast, but I mean. I did. Yeah, we had uh, the 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 top uh, title insurance podcast called That Floats. Um, and uh it, you know, the, as you know, the landscape of podcasts is getting more and more crowded and uh, we, we decided to go on hiatus just because it was just getting, there's just a lot of white noise out there on podcasts. And uh, they say imitations, the, the, you know, the highest form of flattery. And we were very flattered that so many uh, came after us and we said, okay, well, we'll let, we'll let them have that space and we're going to do bigger and better things. So, so there are multiple title podcasts now. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it's yes. A niche of a niche. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, but they're all real estate law, um, Hmm. related and things like that. I mean, that's what we, we deal with all the time is, is everything happening, you know, with property rights, uh, everything affecting transfer of of, of real estate and property. And so, you know, the, the, what I would do, uh, if I want to pitch anything, uh, it's make sure when you, uh, when you buy a home, you, uh, you know, work with your real estate professional, and get title insurance uh, because you don't want to accept the, you know, when you get a warranty deed from the seller, uh, if you don't have title insurance, you're relying on their word uh, that everything's good with the property. And, uh, you know, if something happens, you got to sue them. If not, uh, if you get title insurance, all that's taken care of. So, yeah. and it's a, then they'll sue you or you'll sue yeah, them. No, 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 we actually, we're pretty good. Uh, our knock on wood, uh, as far as claims go, 
because what's you know not to get too wonky but title insurance we search at we have a very low claims rate because we do all the work ahead of time it's more right. of a warranty product where we look at the, the the property um and then when it's transferred you own it subject to those conditions restrictions and the new mortgage that you take out uh but other than that you know that's that's what we ensure that you have ownership of the property and that uh you know there's no baggage coming from the seller right this episode of Renew Guru is brought to you by Title Insurance. Make sure there's no baggage coming to you. Exactly. Get title Insurance, Get right? Title. <laughs> I need. To, I need. We need a mattress sponsor, Philip. We need to have something that we're pitching. I think I could do that, like uh, HelloFresh or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, well, Dave, I know you're a busy guy. I know you've given us a lot of your time. I appreciate having your insight and knowledge on here to talk about real estate law. I think that'll hopefully be interesting to our- um, Hey, I'd, I'd love to come back if you ever want to have me on uh, to talk uh, any other subjects, so. Well, yeah, we we probably do come, we we might. Um, I know that there's some other topics that we've talked about which aren't quite as uh, you know hot as they used to be, but I think we might have some stuff uh, later on, so I'll be sure to find you. If you ever want to talk um, the dangers of zoning, and uh, real estate uh, searches and how the Missouri Mer uh, Fair Marketing Practices Act can get involved. I've got a doozy of a claim involving a uh, an ethanol plant for you. So, oh, really? Yes. Oh, it is. Yeah. It, it's oh, it, that's it, interesting. Yeah, it talks about and this this would be very germane to anybody trying to uh, uh, do anything with planning and zoning and making sure you get the proper notice notice out there. And how it could backfire on um, on on certain companies. So, oh, yep, that is intriguing. I'll just tease that. So, okay, <laughs> for a future episode, we'll have to have you. We'll have to have you come back, Dave. Thank you, and thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe to this on all major podcast platforms. Leave a review and share this on your social media posts. On behalf of Renew Missouri, this is James Owen reminding you to take care of yourselves and each other. Until next time, take care.